Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into this new episode of the Mindful Steward podcast. So, amidst all the uncertainty that a lot of us are currently living through with the coronavirus pandemic still affecting a lot of people here at home in Canada as well as around the world, I figured that I would roll out a whole bunch of, of course, virtually recorded episodes with a bunch of friends of mine and some new friends. I'm going to have some conversations with them, some really cool new people who I've never chatted with before, but yeah, I'm planning on rolling out a bunch of episodes during this time, just kind of chatting with everyone about how they're dealing with this and some of the things that are crossing their mind, some of the you know mindful practices and, and activities or exercises, perspectives, whatever it might be that are coming to the top of mind for them. Um, in this strange situation that all of us have never experienced before. So in this first episode, I recorded with my good friend, Chris Evans. A lot of you have probably listened to the old episode I have with him from over a year ago. It's actually one of the most highly listened to episodes. And yeah, he's just somebody who I love diving into all of these topics with. So I figured, hey, why not start this COVID Chronicles type series with him? and record a conversation with uh, a good buddy of mine to get things going. And, you know, we kind of talked about coronavirus, talked about a lot of things around self-awareness and a lot of the good things that we think are coming and at least can come for people. Maybe some mindset shifts that some people might enjoy hearing um, about how coronavirus is changing our lives for the time being. Uh, so it looks like we're probably going to record another episode because we didn't even get around to a couple of the topics that I really wanted to dive into. So we're just saving that one for later. And as always, if you're new to this podcast or any of my content, if you want to learn more about meditation or mindfulness, I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher and educator, um, and I do some coaching around mindset work as well. If you're interested in learning anything about that, you can go to my website at themindfulsteward.com and there's also a newsletter where you can receive a set of guided meditations and mindfulness resources if this is something that you're curious about or you just want to get some more guided meditations in your, in your iTunes. All right, without further ado, I'll get this episode started and I hope you enjoy it. It was a ton of fun to record and I think a lot of people might find it at least a little bit interesting. I'm into it. I feel like we're, we're rocking and rolling, buddy. <laughs> Until these die oh. midway through. All right. <laughs> well, no, we'll should be good. like four hours or something. Okay, good. Yeah, Brooks are only lasting like 45 minutes at a time now. What? She's, oh, because she uses yeah. them so much? Where is she? She uses them so much. Uh, she's at her apartment. I actually just went for a big, long morning walk with her when got wow. some coffee. Wow. You already got the nice day in. Oh, yeah. That's all you can do here, man, is walk around legitimately. That's all you can do. I, I thought you can't even do that anymore. <sighs> well, it's not in Toronto. Can. But... Yeah, you can, kind of. Like, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon and... <laughs> Illegal. Uh, it's technically, yeah, it's frowned upon. But when you're walking around like guy and girl, the cops they... and nobody really questions you because they just assume, oh, couple. They're obviously together. This can't be a new date. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah. It's funny. I think I've seen a few new dates. Me and Brooke a few times I've been down by the water and there's girl guy, like they walk past us and they're kind of doing the introduction questions. Like, yeah, really? you know, I, work, I work at Nike and I sell a lot of sneakers and the girl's <laughs> like, Oh, that's so cool. Wow. I'm, and then she's like, <laughs> and they're walking. <laughs> yeah. And they're walking six feet apart. And I'm like, ah, Tinder dates are still happening. Dude, but you look correct. at that. Dude, should I close window? We're good. Lighting is good. Yeah, lighting's good. Lighting's good. Video is a little less important because I'm just. That's like it gets it does. I am gonna post on YouTube, but well, if you're okay with that, unless you want to hide your face, I don't know. I think I look great today. So. Okay. There you go. I got my. I changed. I showered. <clears throat> it's crazy. It's crazy. I didn't put PJs on. I didn't put sweats on. I put clothes on. You gotta try it, man. It's crazy. Nice. I'm wearing, I've, I don't think I've stopped wearing sweatpants for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I only have two pairs. I only have, well, I have like three pairs, but you only wear one pair. Actually I have three. Yeah. Shorts. Wow. Been wearing shorts a lot. There you go, bud. All right. So what do you want to talk about? I got, I want to talk about like masculinity and no fap, but Let's wow. like roll. Let's talk. Let's talk about some quarantine stuff first. I mean, if this is your first time doing this in quarantine, that's already a conversation right there. We got to update yeah. each other on how our quarantine's been going. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. How's I'm your gonna, quarantine? I think going? I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, it's fine and dandy now that I've uh, <clears throat> settled in a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm gonna call these the the COVID chronicles or something like that. I like that. Just get a bunch of like Zoom call episodes out. Has a nice ring to it. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. Um, I'm so impressed with these right now. Great investment. Yeah, this audio is pretty good. Good. That's what we want. Um. Yeah. My quarantine. So I'm in. I'm in Toronto here. And Toronto. to be honest. Yeah, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. I went down to London for a tiny bit to hang out with the family. And Ooh. Toronto is one of those cities where there's a lot of people and not a lot of park space and not a lot of space in general. And what you do for fun here is you go out and do stuff. So socializing. Yeah, socializing Ooh. has been extreme. Yeah, it's, and the parks are closed. All the parks are closed the running paths down by the water is pretty much all there is to do walk around the neighborhood and you can't walk in groups. You got to walk with like, I just walk around with Brooke. It's good actually to have her around. She snuck into the country just before the borders closed. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Jeez. yeah, I'm sure I've mentioned that story already on here a bit, but um, yeah, you know, the way I'm looking at it, to be totally honest, I was really having a hard time mentally i was super frustrated and i'm not really a frustrated person i mean i usually put a lot of i put a lot of effort into keeping my head screwed on straight that's especially with all this mindfulness work you know i meditate every single morning for that purpose as well right sharp and and at ease at most times and it was getting to me super bad but yeah i don't know i've really shifted up shifted just my mindset throughout this and like i was telling you before we even started recording I honestly am going to walk away from this in really good shape. Um, like I'm getting a, I'm getting work 
for teaching meditation workshops virtually for companies as well as my own company. And um, there's a lot more interest in meditation right now. And a lot of people are, I ran True. a webinar last week. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't even, you didn't even see that, eh? I, I guess I didn't join. It was a Zoom thing. Should I have, see? I should have Zoomed yeah. in. Zoom, man. So, so that's why I have Zoom Pro because I'm doing that stuff right now. Because you're a pro. Yeah. Dude, I'm, be, I'm literally getting to the point where I am teaching so much and people are so curious about it. And companies and people are finally at this position where they're just sitting around at home. A lot of people are dealing with a lot of stress. So oh, this, yeah. is, this is giving me the time to build these online courses that I've been talking about and also the opportunity to start teaching to all these people that I've been wanting to teach. So right. I personally... There's a lot of people going through hard stuff and I totally acknowledge that, but I'm excited about where, what I'm going to be doing with all this stuff by the time quarantine is done. So personally, I've learned to be pretty pumped about what's happening as much as I'm, I need to get outside a little more, but that's, you know, that's a work in progress. Buddy, that's the way to do it though. You got the right mentality. It is a mental thing. And it's like the first time literally in history. Well, kind of in history where we're forced to be isolated with ourselves or our significant others or our family or our roommates. And it's kind of like, Oh, now what? I chose to live with these people. I didn't expect to live with them this much. (laughs) And then it brings out like your own inner, I don't know. Like I live alone for me. This is just like an extended period of, time that i'm editing a video it just feels like oh yeah i've been on this project for two months so i i i agree with that mentality i think it's all a mental thing it's gonna take time to adjust i'll be honest man the first like two weeks week and a half i was like so burnt out for no reason i just couldn't think creatively i couldn't do anything in my head i'm like oh this is great like the first two days i was like oh this is gonna be awesome i'm I'm forced to be inside and be creative and write. I can write. I can do this. And then it was just like, I hit a wall and it sucked. And then now I'm just like in the groove. I think I've done so much. Nice. It's some so, writing. Finished a little scripty. Nice. You're making, making moves on that. That's awesome. And I got to encourage myself to write, you know? Ooh, nice. I thought you were going to expose the title of the piece there. I was like, maybe no. tell me that offline. <laughs> you, you know it actually. Oh, okay. Okay. It's this one. Cool. And I, and I also took, I started a screenwriting course. Oh, nice. On what? Yeah. Like teachable. It's like okay. a, well, it's like a, I don't know. It's a website. You can do different things on but it's this guy from New York film, like from New York university or something. And he teaches a screenwriting course. So every week I have to, I log in like every Friday and then I do, yeah, like a little, a little thing. So it's kind cool. of cool. Yeah, that's dude. dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been looking into teachable a bunch cause I'm actually, that's the kind of thing I'm working on right now is creating that sort of course, but for go. mindfulness and meditation introduction. That's hard. Um, that's good though, man. See, that's yeah. the thing. This is such a good opportunity to, yeah, there's so much time, you know, there's like very little distractions. There is it's very a, little distractions. It's a good chance well, to do that yeah. learning. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like now I'm in the groove. I feel like most people are probably kind of used to this whole quarantine, even if they don't accept it, they're kind of like aware at least that this is a reality now and it's still going. 
So hopefully that would encourage people to kind of, I don't know, try something new or like exercise something they haven't in a while. You know? Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. eh? I think, um, I was talking to Brooke about this and honestly, I think Brooke and I are going to record a podcast soon, even though. Have you not? No, we, we recorded a podcast. That's actually how I met her. But oh, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's honestly such a wizard with all of this mindset stuff and how it affects your subconscious mind. That's what she studied a lot. And she was kind of saying it when we were on this walk and she was like, I'm starting to get concerned just about around the language that people are all using around this whole event. And the language by that, I mean, like people saying, don't worry, we're all stuck, stuck in this together. Um, we're going to get through this. Like that just automatically, automatically implies that this is a problem, you know, but it doesn't really become a problem until you label it a problem. It just kind of is what's happening. It's just a thing that's happening in the world. If you get a, if you get COVID that probably kind of sucks. Then it's a problem. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, I get you. That makes sense. It's It's true though. Everyone has that like kind of fearful mentality. And I get it. It's just like an interesting time. It's the first time where we're actually like people who would never be able to really push themselves away from fear are like in it. They're like cornered. So now they have to act or they just sit in it and kind of suffer. And hopefully that's not what they're doing. I mean, a lot of people are, that's for sure. But yeah. Oh man. Exactly. Wake up call, man. It's a wake up call. I think it's one of the best things that's ever happened in my existence. Sounds crazy to say that, but Maybe it's controversial, but in my way, in my head, I'm like, people are freaking realizing so much about themselves, what they want. Even workplaces are kind of evolving now. They have to after this. Education is going to be completely different. I like everything's going to change after this. I think. Yeah. In a how lot of think, ways. How do you think that it, it's going to change? I'm just here. I'm just I mean, curious. I keep thinking, like for school, for example, like. <sighs> how like they're like having going to a physical building for lectures and stuff like I feel like that's going to change I don't think I feel like people are going to be like we don't need to spend all this money on the establishment but rather just like the one-on-one digital thing like I even when I was in college it was I'd show up and then at an 8 a.m class there's like four people who came and me and then they would put the lecture online at right at 8 a.m so I could just be in bed probably looking at the exact same pdf file or slideshow. So now I'm just like, I don't know. So education, I think work a hundred percent, man. Like all these like millennial companies who are spending so much on overhead of like with employees, all these bougie little traits at their office. I'm not, I'm not crashing your party. Hopefully but I'm just saying like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, in my head, I'm like, there's so many expenses and I feel like this is the first time where every company it's like, they have to trim fat and they're like, Oh shoot. Like we don't, I actually can't afford this at all for more than a week. Like now, you know what I mean? I don't know how it is with like a incorporated company in a way I do though, because I kind of am a company ish, but with employees and stuff that you have on payroll, like that's such a hard thing, man. So it's like, it's feel, I feel like people are just, they're kind of in this crunch time. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, it's going to really show you as an employee, like if this job is even worth, fighting for or if it was even worth it for me or like what should I have been putting my focus somewhere else because people are getting laid off and they're like I if I was only here for money and I can't it's it's not sustainable anymore like to work at this place I don't know mm-hmm. but 
Yeah. Dude, I was going to say, I mean, just with the way that I live, a lot of my friends are people who are kind of, they're quite self-aware to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I haven't talked to a huge amount of my friends, so I don't know for sure, but I have a few friends who've been laid off. You know, a couple of them or one of them. Yeah, I guess a couple. Sure. And they're excited about it. They're like, dude, it, this had to happen. I've been grinding in a big city for seven years and I got laid off and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would have oh, woken up. I would have woken up in 10 years and wondered what I've done with myself if this hadn't happened for me to step wow. back and kind of contemplate. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a success story right there. Yeah. So I haven't heard that one. Uh, that's amazing. I mean, oh, I, see, I, I can see it's happening. I mean, I can imagine it's happening. I haven't talked to anyone who was like with that outlook yet. So that's cool. That was, dude, one of the <clears> people <throat> was literally Dale. Oh, dude, no way. Yeah. He seems True. like pretty, he's enjoying this time off. I Like he still likes his job. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, so Dale. he's on a temporary yeah. layoff. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's that's almost best case just a temporary layoff it's literally like a vacation at least if you can sustain yourself during that time true true a vacation true where, bucks yeah yeah he's getting back probably <laughs> oh man yeah but even from my own perspective like i'm gonna dive into what it's like for you as a freelancer right now too because I, I think that's interesting but mm -hmm. i yeah you know i've been really thinking about what so um <laughs> i'm just debating how much i want to expose on here but yeah like for oh. my life personally my like this business huge example i right. would have dilly dallied on creating these courses for months for months and months it's just a reality Big and it's not even like yeah you know i'm actually a pretty productive person but the thing is in everyday life, I'm also social. I also exercise. I also like to do, you know, if my friends are going to a cottage, I'm not going to say no to that. Cause those are the things that like fire me up about my lifestyle. Um, facts. And I'm not going to sit around and work all the time until something is done. And I actually have another full-time job. So I don't have all the time in the world to dive in. And I'm getting this, like probably like a year worth of progress done in like three months right now. And Oh, dang. It's getting me so much closer to my own hopes and dreams about what I want to create with all of this mindfulness work. But even we've talked about this a bunch, but like I have been thinking about it for a long time, like living someplace with more nature. And there yeah, are I've been cities, craving that. Yeah, you know, I've said it right from the start. And I got to Toronto at first. And I was like, this. And the thing is, Toronto is so hyper stimulating. It's no hard for me to even say that right now when it's so not like that, but it still is probably. Oh, it's still in a little bit of a way, like going from London the other week to here, you know, you sit, I was driving around London. I'd park in a parking lot, look at my phone for a bit before going to get groceries or something. There's nobody around. Like it's quiet in Toronto. You're parked on a quiet, you're parked on a street during quarantine on like a random Tuesday night and there's still like 15 times yeah. more people walking around than london even that's dead that's like dead for toronto yeah but so yeah that's but just all the things to do all the lights there's like 
you walk down the street in the summer and there's like people partying in all the parks. There's like, it's so fun and exciting in that way. And I think it's kind of addicting. It's literally like almost like how social media is overstimulating and you get addicted to your notifications, but Toronto and I think big cities kind of just like suck you in because you're like, there's yeah, so much fun. And it's yeah, I did it. I, yeah, exactly. Right. And I did a vacation in like a year into living here and went to another city with a lot more nature, even when we were in LA and I was kind of thinking, oh, yeah. man, I need to live somewhere like this. I really do. Like, this is who I am. Like, I like being outside. I like doing my outdoor activities. That's literally what yeah. has defined who I am. And I was just kind of was, I was fully set on that. And then a few months later, got back into the Toronto vibe and you just get sucked in. And I started being like, I want to live. I'm not going to live, leave Toronto. I'm not going to leave Toronto. This is the place I want to live. And yeah. And then in the long term, like now that I'm, I was literally starting to think that again in the last like several months. And now I'm mm-hmm. here in quarantine and I'm just, there's like no distractions. There's no, like, there's almost none of that addiction none of that like angst where it's like you feel like you need it almost out of addiction or a need or desire. There's no socializing. There's no more. It's just, and there's no nature for you to go like really yeah. detox in ish. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, there's not there. a lot. There's not a mm-hmm. lot. So it's really given me like a clear, a really clear mind and being like, it's almost like what would you do with your life and how would you think if you didn't have impulses in the way? Cause we all have impulses like, Oh, I'm hungry now. Oh, I like, I feel lonely. So I need to date. Oh, I need to, I need to like go do this crazy vacation because my life is boring. Imagine you had no impulses and you were just purely yourself and you were just making decisions out of what you truly like doing deep down. That to me is like authenticity. And that's where stillness is important. You need to have some stillness to calm things down. And for me, that is what I have got. That's basically sums up what quarantine has given me i think in the best way it makes dude that's what i'm saying like it keeps you it's making us aware of our urges our needs all these things that as humans that we've justified socially and then like even just going out in toronto like dude when we walk down like queen street on a nice day it is so bumping we run into like 30 people we know the park is just going off we will we go buy a seven dollar coffee don't even think twice like ice cream like that lifestyle man it sucks you in because it's like this fantasy world and it's and it's you know it's real but it's also just like it's not sustainable i mean for most people i would say and then the moment that gets pulled under the like your the rug gets pulled under and now we're in quarantine it's like <laughs> half of Toronto's probably losing their mind they're like they're so close together yet so far apart um and there is going back to that nature kind of craving you're having i think that's like naturally as humans and i'm saying this as a kid who grew up on a farm i don't know if a lot of people know that a lot of people don't believe that i grew up on a pig farm with like 200 acres of like corn and so so i had this like upbringing in nature can you hear me yeah it froze for a second but i, uh, I yeah. it's it's good yeah so yeah the that kind of fulfilled a lot of i don't know 
me as a creative. I think that's where it all kind of originated. And I'm also an only child, so I had to come up with my own stuff. But anyways, like now I live downtown London, which is a small town, city, but I live downtown. I live right in the core and it's literally outside my window. It's nonstop action and adventure as a lot of people know from my (laughs) stories. But um, I think like getting away from quarantine social like i don't know so being social is such an important thing but being on your own is so much more important in a way because you need to know how to do that healthily before you can involve other people friends a relationship everything because like when you're on your own you're really like in your own thoughts like who you are when no one's looking is everything <laughs> and i think people don't realize that how important that is to exercise and they don't realize that like, oh, maybe just because I'm alone, maybe I shouldn't indulge in all that, all those snacks. You know, maybe I shouldn't like be on social media so much getting dopamine hits from all these people and like pretty people and like games. And I don't know. And I, I mean, we've had this conversation. This is just like now the first time in history where we are on our own. And it's like our the real you know, <laughs> dwelling inside is coming out and like, yeah, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's so cliche to say, I mean, it might not be cliche people. I think a lot of people maybe haven't dove into a lot of personal development content. I right. dove into so much for so many years that to me, it almost seems cliche, but it's so true. Like, if you're not okay with yourself and just hanging out alone and like yeah. literally, if that doesn't make you feel good, Fulfilled. like then whatever you do outside is going to be some kind of, some kind of attachment. Right. Because you're doing something for a reason it, and it really limits you from truly being confident and truly being, having good, healthy relationships because mm-hmm if you're in a relationship for validation, as soon as that validation doesn't work out, there's going to be something else you're, you're clinging to, to try and make up for that and 100%. everything else. Right. Like, yeah, I, I used to struggle with that. I used to, I think a lot of people dive into the personal development content almost as a hack. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, how do I feel better without the doing fix. the self? Yeah. yeah. Without doing the self work and the self-awareness work to actually, to actually feel happier, you know, and take care of my mind. Yeah, it's not a quick fix. I think it's just people think it's a quick fix because everyone just wants a quick fix. That's the whole problem with people. We want solutions to our problems instantly and it takes time and growth and like nurturing to get there. Mm -hmm. And people just don't have the patience because we're so stimulated by the world, by social media, by by every distraction ever you can make any excuse to not work on yourself. Like think about how hard it is to do anything productive versus like be just sit on your phone, like lay in bed and be on your phone. Like you can lay on your phone for hours, lose track of time. It's like six hours in. You're like, Oh dang, like, I guess I should be productive. And then when you're actually working, you're only spending like what, like you work out at home. You're probably spending 20, 30 minutes working out at home, but that is such a push. Like for me, it's been, I mean, I got, I got a little sick, the other week, not COVID, thank gosh. But I, I took some time off from working out. Um, but even now, I'm trying to get back in there. Like 20 minutes is like, oh man, like, I, I didn't want to do it. 
but I can sit on my phone for two hours. And there's like, you have to kind of keep reminding yourself how easy it is to be stimulated and distracted. And then you got to ask yourself, are those healthy things like stimulations and distractions? Or is it, do I have to actually do stuff? Do I have to do other stuff? Mm-hmm. So this quarantine is the perfect testing ground because literally you're told to stay at home, be paid to stay at home, hang out in your sweatpants, <laughs> watch Netflix. Like you, you're, you're encouraged to stay in, right? So what do you do when you're in? This is what you, people are used to is like Netflix, social media, hanging out. Like, I don't know. So it's like an interesting kind of wake up call for me at least. Cause I yeah. realized my screen time has been up like through the roof and I actually have been not being on my phone as much in the last week or two. Like I've been just putting it downstairs when I'm up here and I have my, my headphones. So if someone calls me, I can just like put them in. I think, I think that's how it works. But anyways, I don't know, man, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see how everyone's reacting to all this. Like the lack of stimulation that they're used to, especially in the big city. Like people live for that. They live for going to the yeah. park every, I don't know, day and seeing their friends who also did that and getting that coffee with the guy down the street. Like, I don't know. It's, I, I enjoy, that's what I loved about Toronto. That's also why I love living here because I have the break from that simulation. I have moderate stimulation. I have like comfortable stimulation enough. I know how to handle in this town. And when I go to Toronto, I like indulge and I love it. It's like a vacation for me. You know how it is. Every time I come up, we have like a little outing. But then I'm like, man, this is your every day if you want it to be. Yeah, man. It's, it's, I remember when I first moved here, I had almost, oh, I had yeah. a burnout. I had, I like yeah. had like three or four months of burnout period where I just legitimately didn't feel good because it was an overload. It's but new. yeah, right. Little and Sean that's like a big city. Yeah, literally. <laughs> little spud. But, you know, that's exactly what it is. Like Toronto is just the perfect example because it's your life, your life is stimulating from all angles. Even work is stimulating, you know, like I go to work, I'm talking to like fortune. This is just my job. I work at an agency. So my job is like, go, go, go. Like hectic marketing managers emailing me all the time about whatever questions they have. And it's like, and then I come home and there's like, a platter of things to do every day you know it's like a golden platter and that doesn't exist right now none of it exists the best thing i could do is order a takeout pizza Ooh, from, and there's I such mean, good takeout pizza some there's some good there's some good ass pizza in this neighborhood but you there know. is yeah i've been i've been calling this mindset boot camp I, I just i just wrote an article i'm gonna post on my site but it really is you know like seriously don't waste it. It's yeah. like an amazing time to, to understand your habits. And like you're saying, like you're, what you're doing is you're trying to get that everyday workout in. And man, I've been like, I have to exercise to keep every other day sharp too. <laughs> but dude, yeah. it's, it takes so much more discipline to work out at home when you don't have gear and equipment. And yeah. that's an exercise and discipline. And when you don't have to go to work and do shit all day anyways, it's an extra working discipline yeah. to be off your phone. And right. in the end, the thing that is just the reality is like humans, we're just like animals in a lot of ways in the sense that we're just creatures of habit. Yeah. So everything you're actually doing is a vote 
for who you're going to be in the future based on the habits that you're reinforcing in your neural pathways. That sounds True. so out there, but no, I like, that. like it kind of is like, I read that in a book recently and I was like, Oh my God. So when you're like, uh, I'm just going to cheat today. I'm just going to cheat today on this thing. You're reinforcing bad things in your brain that make the next time you do that harder. Mm -hmm. You're literally like, you're making that vote that I'm going to be that kind of person. I'm going to continue being the lazy guy. Yeah. And you're signing right now, death wish, really. Yeah. Like, well, this is the time for us to take control of that if there ever was one. Like, when does yeah. the world pause? This never ever happens this could never happen like you that this is already a, a daily exercise for you know mindful people like you know me and you are always talking kind of similar of like you know when the world's normal we're already trying to like stop overstimulating and like you know make sure we have pri our priorities straight this is literally the first time in human issue where your clients can't really harass you for anything for the most part because everything's on lockdown like you can't like the, the things you're used to, the stress you're used to, it's shifted and it's different. And like people can't do things anymore. For me, I can't go and film a music video. I have to be creative about how I'm going to do that. I have to like, if I like, or we have to just not like, we have all these, I have all these ideas of things, places to go, locations to shoot, people to work with. Can't do it. You can't, I, I can't like, it's not. So just like putting that on the, shelf and doing the next thing i gotta do so i was gonna sorry i didn't mean to interrupt there if you're gonna keep going no no that's that was it i was gonna ask so with your work yeah you're a freelance videographer and you do a lot of music music videos as a lot of as well as a lot of commercial work right so how is this impacting you and your work life and like like i was saying i feel really fortunate because i'm not sitting here wondering about finances but when you work in a freelance industry that might be a little different i'm just curious to hear what's going on with that so ironically <laughs> the worrying about finances and freelance is just the nature of the beast like that's normal so if anything this is just like a new normal this is just like oh yeah we're still worrying about finances and the thing that really sucks is if you're if, if for me i'm so used to putting my like wearing so many hats with production um, like I have my, you know, computer here, I'm editing off of, I can edit stuff. And then if I'm not filming, physically filming, I'm, you know, directing something or I'm producing something. So I luckily have my hand in a lot of areas and avenues where if I'm not physically filming, I can at least edit. If I'm not editing, I can at least develop ideas and I can, you know, whatever. So I, weirdly enough, I've been so busy this week. I have actually... I can't even apply for the Trudeau thing technically right now. I did the first wave, which was sweet. I hope I did it right. I probably owe it back to him, like all my money anyways. <laughs> That's a, the, the fun of being a freelancer. But I don't know, man. During this time, I got like, I had a music video I was supposed to do like two, three months ago. We kept changing the idea, changing the idea. Then the COVID thing hit. And then now it's actually due next week on Monday. I'm editing it all this weekend. And it turned into this like, how do I make a music video? that i am still happy with that has production value but like i can't move from my place so i actually did this thing where i hired a bunch of cinematographers i know and they i got them to film who they're with so 
one of my friends, he's with his family and my other friend is with his wife. My other friend is with his girlfriend. And they like, we had like a cup that they filmed each other, the couple, and then the, the, the wife alone on a farm. And then the, the family in the suburban neighborhood with the kids, like, and, I, and I'm doing like a COVID themed video and it kind of, it's kind of this cool thing. And people are sending an iPhone videos, what they're doing in quarantine. So we're like, I'm making, I'm being creative with what we have. Obviously that's a big theme. I, I just finished a video for the city of London represent woo woo. And it's a COVID theme video. And they just, they just launched a lot yesterday. I didn't even know they put it out, but um, it's like a pick me up video about, I went out and filmed like empty streets and like I used old footage we had from big events and festivals. And so I've been working and I, I mean, not every client and project is going to be COVID themed for the next five months. So that will be interesting. Right now, people are kind of catering and coping because people still need content. They still need video. They still need, you know, to post something. So I'm in a pretty interesting, unique genre of work where it's always up in the air. There's never stability in a way. So this is, this is not affecting me emotionally. And I think that's the difference between what I'm doing versus what people are, you know, they're, they're secure and they're, they have their whole year mapped out in a job. And now something like this happens and they don't know what to do. And I feel bad for that because like, I can't relate, but I could totally see how like tragic that could be for someone. Like you get blindsided because you depended, you put all your eggs in one basket really. And that's kind of why yeah. I'm very happy at the risks I take by investing in myself as a business, um, as a filmmaker, as a creator, as an editor, as a whatever, because I'm putting all these eggs all over so I can still work to some degree. I can find work anywhere. It's like, we've had this conversation. Like I live here because I choose to live here. I save all of my money. I can live super comfortably. I'm an hour and a half from Toronto. I spend less time in traffic than all of you guys in Toronto do living there. <laughs> and I enjoy it more when I visit and I enjoy traveling more as you know. And it's like, to me, I have that little, I have it kind of figured out in my own comfort zone, I guess. So if the world shuts down for a day, it's still not going to really stop me, especially from creating. I'm writing more. I'm making more ideas that when this all starts up again, I'm already ahead of myself creatively, which is really important to me. That's one of my biggest struggles is being creative and actually like, like writer's block. Holy crap. You know, this writer's block for me is like, if I have a deadline and I still have to come up with an idea. I still have to come up with the idea, but now I'm like, I have all this free time. I, I'm now coming up with stuff I didn't think I could. So anyways, that's my, my spiel. I think that works. Yeah, not bad. I guess. So, I mean, that's awesome that you're having a time, having the time to actually write too. Cause that, that's yeah. like a step in the right direction of the kind of big creative projects that you are part of your vision. Right. But yeah, that's the thing. eh? like one thing that I've learned through this is, <clears throat> and just to kind of summarize, put a little context on maybe the why, where I'm coming from with my life experience, but right. like certainty is kind of an illusion. It really it's is it. an illusion anyways. How could you ever know there. what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. But we, we like have become so like safety oriented and Control, I'm man. so guilty of this. And you have been honestly a pretty good influence in calling me out on that. <laughs> um, like when I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start this side business, but like, I need more training. And, <laughs> it's coming and together honest, in a couple months. Yeah, exactly. And 
now I'm just at this point where I'm like, I'm just fully telling people like, yes, I've done, I've done almost 200 hours of training to be able to do coaching. Yes, I, I'll do that. Um, I've read like 50 to 100 meditation books and been to a whole bunch of retreats and tons of hours of meditating. Yes, I teach meditation, yeah. you know, like I've been yeah. holding myself back being like, oh, it needs to be perfect. I need to do I this need to thing and then this thing. Yeah. And it's like when you really just have to be a step ahead of whatever, like if you're, obviously you're quite talented at videos now, but if you want to start out doing videos, you just have to be decent. And then you just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to, you don't start have to be doing decent. it. You, you suck at like, you suck when you start, you, like <laughs> just for anything, anything you do in life, you're not going to be the master of your craft. Right. At the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Right. And, oh man, I used to let that hold myself so far. I'm just thinking like when I started teaching recently and I started teaching for larger and larger groups very rapidly because of COVID and it's been so easy. It was all in my head. All of it was in my head. Um, And you know, we're programmed to think like shit is hard. Shit is not hard. It just is how much are you going to put into it and how much are you just going to go for it? But that's a whole other topic. Let me, I got to get back to this story. Um, Yeah. You know, like, I spent many years of my life just tree planting and then working at a ski hill and then working at TD bank just to dabble in the corporate world, but then dip out as soon as I started feeling uncomfortable. And I did that for a while. And in between all of these things, I was just taking trips. Like I went out to Whistler for half a season and spent some time in BC in the spring and went to Vancouver Island for a while. And then I was in Costa Rica and Central America. Like it just, it was always just like decent stretches of trips in between. And I used to kind of just be obsessed with living in the moment. Like, I just want to learn how to surf. I just want to hang out in another tropical place. I just want to go to a new country completely alone and do Mm -hmm. like a few weeks of backpacking by myself and just snowboard as much as I can without caring about any long-term stuff. Mm -hmm. So the way I always look at it is like almost, this is a spectrum of like certainty, like chasing certainty and, and, being risk averse in life. And then this is the fun side of life. Like people who are literally backpacking by the time they're 50 and they're backpacking, they have no <laughs> roots or anything. Right? right. So I found myself a lot more on this side for year, for a few years after university and even through university, I wasn't obsessed with my education. I was more obsessed with having fun throughout it. Most people aren't. Yeah, I know. Um, and then I was over here and I was like, honestly, this was when I went read Jordan Peterson's book. And nice. as you know, I know many people who have changed their lives because of that book. Um, uh, it's disappointing that a lot of people for some reason will judge a guy who helps millions and millions of people and his lessons <laughs> are all good, but they don't like one thing that he said. It's like, get over it. That, t- that kind like, of sums it up though. Yeah. That's it's the like, go, right there. <laughs> yeah. Go read his stuff. If you haven't right. read his stuff, you're, you're an uneducated opinion of him. That's just how it <laughs> it's is. It's true. Yeah, if you don't know. Um, but anyways, I like to throw that in there because it's maybe a bit of a, a slight wake up. But That's yeah, huge. like I read that book and it, it's all about get your shit in order. Well, it's not all about that. But one of the lessons, one of the 12 lessons is like get your shit in order. Like where does confidence come from? Confidence is the belief that you can sustain yourself and take care of yourself. And you can rely on your own ability to do that. If you don't have anything going for yourself, you're inherently going to have no confidence because you haven't built up a foundation that makes you reliable. 
as soon as you have skills and savings, you become reliable, you become confident because you know that you're going to be fine in a nutshell. And I felt so confused and I was like, this is what I need. So I went, flipped the dial all the way to this side and I just went corporate, corporate, corporate. Like I want my career established. I want professionalism. I want to like decent. I want to boost my salary, get to a good pay level. And I did that and it all worked. And now I'm here and I'm quite comfortable and I'm honestly quite happy with where I'm at. However, I'm totally becoming aware of the fact that I've been way too far over here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It was balance. Yeah. And I'm starting to swing back to the middle and I, I've been saying it, like I've been talking about my, like my next six month plans so rigidly, like, yes, I'm doing this in six months. I'm going to start preparing for it in three. I'm going to start reaching out to these people at this time. And then COVID-19 happened. And I was like, Oh my God, it's all a joke. (laughs) I'm going to plan my life out step by step six months ahead. Like that's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to put your life on hold like that when the world could explode next week. I don't know. It just seems so it's an illusion. It's a total illusion. And that's something you've, you've done that. I know you say, I call you out. I I do call you out because you you always have this like six month plan. Even now you're like, Oh man, like after this COVID thing, I'm going to have this all figured out. I'm like, dude, you haven't figured out right now. Right now you haven't figured out. You have the website, you have the clientele, you have the experience, you have it. I think it's just this human nature to have this like, for us to map out our first, our six months, like let's use six months as a good example. To know in my head what I'm going to do between now and December, that already is comfort. That already is security. It's, this, it's, it's now I'm reinforcing these kind of like check boxes of like, okay, this is, I have to be organized. I have to, like, I, I can see ahead. If I can see my future, I'm comfortable. Ironically, what you said is the truth where, oh, well, what if the world shuts down? Your six months doesn't mean anything anymore. Everybody's six months doesn't mean anything. Everyone's six weeks doesn't mean anything. Six days. People who were supposed to get married, they can't get married anymore. I, I, you know, like there's, there's things and people are so stuck in the shock of it. Like the, the, but that in itself is a wake-up call for them where it's like, wait a minute. I can't control the world. I can't control how things play out. But as humans, we need to be in control. And I think that is our greatest obstacle is we're always trying to be in control. I don't even care what religion you are, but when you really backtrack to, or what a belief or value, whatever it is, like when you backtrack, we always need to be one step ahead. And we have to like, you know, we need to be in control. We need to have the power. We need to have the, all the wisdom. We need to know stuff. And that's our craving, like as humans, I think. So it, it, it screws us over because we're not, I don't think we're designed to know anything. We're designed to learn and to continue to learn and grow and be okay with the fact that I don't know what's going to happen in six hours from now, let alone mm. six months. And I think that's where we get stuck because dude, our, I have, I try and map out my, every day I have a checklist, you know, this, I do this you know, to-do list every day. And I put in the most minuscule things like shower change. Like sometimes I'll even, I'll put that in just because it's like, Oh yeah, like, that's important. Yeah. Um, being organized is good. And I think you, little things like that will change your life, honestly, but it's just hard for people to accept the reality that they, as much as you are in control of your own life, you're not in control of life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, 
you're not in control of the world. You're not in control as much as you can be a part of that. Like if you want to get into like, you know, political talk of like, you know, um, I don't know, global warming. Like you, uh, you can, you as an individual can invest to potentially stop that by recycling your, you know, whatever you want to say. It's just, again, it's an act of me trying to control the world, but the world's going to do its thing. And it's not my job to try and understand why and understand like, why did we just go into this COVID thing? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Why are millions of people dying? Why, 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 why? It's not like, it's not a burden you should take on as a human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we fall short because we can't control the uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in a nutshell, that's as simple as it is, eh? That, that makes me think of, well, those are really basic lessons that are always talked about in meditation because it, yeah. part of meditating is just like letting the thoughts happening. Letting go. Let them, yeah. Letting go. Yeah. And it's not even about the doing that in the moment. It's about embracing a lifestyle and a worldview of that mm -hmm. through that daily practice of meditating. But um, I'll just throw this in here really quick. It's almost like a plug to the meditation lessons that I've been teaching. But nice. Like in, in essence, humans have the fighter the fight or flight response um right. i'm sure a lot of people have heard of that but you know like basically the fight or flight response is designed for when a grizzly bear is chasing you five like two thousand years ago when nothing existed and you run through the forest and predators would try and eat you alive the fight or flight response turns on and it like it like shuts Whoa down bear. your digestion Whoa <laughs> yeah. bear. Whoa bear didn't work um when that doesn't work and you have to run for your life it shuts down your digestion it shuts down your blood flow properly it shuts down your your cognition it shuts down like a lot of important shit and it's so that you can focus on just pure adrenaline running for your life and um yeah like part of the problem in nowadays with disease and stuff is that there's a lot of stress why is there stress because this response that's meant to be a survival response is triggered by your mom being annoying or you getting <laughs> getting an email a stressful yeah uh, a stressful email at work you yeah. know like life response things are being turned on by that and like it's almost like certainty is almost if you cling to certainty you're way too attached to that it's almost yeah. like you're kind of choosing to throw certainty in the mix of that as well. And you're affecting the way that you show up to everything because you're expecting things to be a certain way. And that just things just are the way that they are and they can't be any different. You have just have to be somebody who can be fluid in those situations, you know? Yeah. Like this, well this is enough. I'm going on rants, like no, no other this episode, but I like it. Like, I've heard this so many, yeah, I've heard this so many times, but the people who do the best in their careers are people who are adaptable and can communicate very well. Like true being, being adaptable is truly one of the very best things that you can foster in, in the way that you live. Hmm. That, like that applies that. to think of it to me. It kind of makes sense in any industry, every single job. Yeah. 
Yeah, because if something goes off the rails, it's not it's politically incorrect. It's it's not how it's supposed to be. Most people freak out. They're like, this is not how my day's supposed to go. This is not what that person's supposed to say. That, this wasn't supposed to happen. And you react out of emotion. That's really what it is. It's just it's a people being emotional versus people who are in control of their emotions and not letting emotion dictate logic and not letting emotion dictate the fact that Karen spilt coffee over your paperwork that you had to submit to the boss today and now your life is ruined. It's like, just figure it out, go, go on the next thing. And I think any entrepreneur, any person who's trying to work for themselves gets a taste of that very quickly. And then that taste usually doesn't taste good. So people are like, ah, it doesn't taste good, not for me actually. Or they just become lazy or they procrastinate more because they're trying to avoid the taste. You got to kind of like the taste of shit if you want to do this for a living on your own. You have to, you got to put some salt on it, you know, figure it out, make it to your liking, get used to it. Because yeah, adaptability, man. I like that word. I didn't even, it's, I mean, I've heard the word obviously, but I've never heard it in that context, like being adaptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, like I mean, that you guys through your work are very, you have to become adaptable and you honestly, you in particular, that's like a strong suit that I think has really helped you get to where you are these days, like problem solving in the moment kind of thing and not letting the way that some other person is getting worked up affect the way that you feel like you're, you're very yeah. good at that. And that like, that has helped you. And I've witnessed it firsthand many times. <laughs> you have, you're actually one of the few people who have probably witnessed the reality of my day-to-day -day, which <laughs> is bizarre like when i'm with people is when i really realize like i get more stressed about what i do when i'm with people because i'm it's like bouncing off of them in a way like I, I, not that you're getting stressed but like just your reassurance of like that guy said that he like that person did that like the the client wants what like it's so mind like to me i've been like I've had death threats. I've had everything in the book. You'd be shocked the things I have heard. And to me, it's just like, okay, just like on to the next thing. Like it's, you know, but in a normal workspace setting, this is like some like movie level crap. Like who talks like that? How do you get anything done working with these people? It's, I know how to pick my battles now. It's funny you say that. Um, so my, uh, my counselor, like my therapist, who I had when I was a kid, when I was like eight, nine, 10, she, she started seeing me when I was going through a divorce with my parents. And, um, she's one of the few people, if not the only person who really knows me and she's a professional. So it's like this weird, like she saw me as a child and now, and she said, Chris, you always were friends with everybody. You always were, she's adaptable. She's like, you were always someone who you always were with every, like you different groups and nothing phased you. It didn't like, cause my mom would get used, she used to get upset or worried that I would not upset. She used to be a little worried. Like most parents, if I went to a party, for example. Right. But I actually didn't go to parties and get like hammered maybe in like grade nine when I was like discovered alcohol for the first time. I was like, Oh, just drink a whole bottle. Right. That's what you do. And then I was like, Oh, shouldn't have done that. But what I'm saying is I, I, I never got like, I guess, too phased by the environments I was in like that never changed who I really who I was I could adapt in little areas and like fit in in certain ways but it wasn't like 
to my core changing me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like the next day be this, like, re- like I had this rebellious stage that went on for like three years or whatever. It was just kind of like in waves. So yeah, I think adaptability, I might've been blessed to have that at a young age for whatever reason, maybe just my circumstances. But I think that's like the ultimate goal for people is to try and like, I always say this, try and be unoffendable. Like to me, I read a book called Unoffendable. I forget the author. It's a really good book. And I think I recommend it to you. Did you read it? No, but, but you know I know the about. book. I know the book. I just can't remember yeah, yeah. who the author was. Is it? So I'll wait. send you it after. Is it that guy who runs like 200 mile marathons? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I, know, okay. who I, I know who you think you're thinking of. But I, anyways, I read a book literally called Unoffendable. And it, it, dude, these books we've been reading, like me and you, we've been talking about all these books in a weird way, when I read them, it's just like reassuring. It's not like, holy crap, I never thought of that. It's kind of like, I'm reading this being like, yeah, I do that. It makes sense. And I'm not saying I know everything, but in a weird way, I've read like a lot of these books and it's like, I've already been applying this. And even if I didn't even know I was. So it's like nice to kind of be like, oh, okay. Yeah. No wonder I'm alive still <laughs> from the amount of stuff I've been through. And everyone has different upbringings. They come from different settings and environments and that shapes who and how they react to things so it's just kind of being aware like you said self-awareness is the first step to anything anything you want to do or be is just being aware of your emotions and like why am i reacting this way why am i feeling this way why does this why do i do this when this happens like just figure that out when you figure that out you start backtracking your past into your past and you realize how you know we can we can talk about this forever but Oh yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to plug this book again. I know you haven't read it yet. What's this? Tim Ferriss said in one of his episodes, oh. that this was his favorite book and he has a box full of new copies What? at his house. He gives a copy to everyone who comes and visits him. It's his favorite Tim book. Ferriss's house. Yeah. Gonna, it's called awareness, Amazon. awareness by Anthony DeMello. Um, Is that, that a book? book you read? Uh, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. It's got to be at least a few years old. Conversations um, with the masters. No awareness, the perils and opportunities of reality. Um, but anyways, yeah, like it up. my girlfriend, Brooke just borrowed this. It's about how to do, how to go really deep with that awareness and understand actually the programming, like where do your beliefs come from? Right. Like, and he uses this analogy that I found so interesting. Um, And this is where investing in yourself and actually taking time to like care about the stuff can be a key to you really. It can just be a key to progress really. And he's like a CEO who has, let's say a CEO of a fortune 500 company that's crushing it. Um, He is at the top of the command chain. And there's so much information being processed through his work and through his company that he can't possibly go through all the information. So he has filters, his filters and his filters are his people. He's got like his Mm -hmm. HR manager, his like head of marketing, his like blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, the only thing is he gets to choose all those filters and he has been very deliberate with what filters he picks. We process all our information through filters and our filters are often opinions a lot of the time they're like political beliefs. Um, our opinion of success, our opinion of 
how hard or easy something is, our opinion of what we're capable of. But right. did, you, did you pick those, like the CEO, or did you just inherit them and you're just living by that unconsciously? When, so when, when hippies and yogis and mindfulness teachers talk about consciousness, that is what consciousness is. It's like, are you aware of those filters and how they got there? And have you chosen them intentionally? Because mm -hmm. you can. And most people come across mindfulness or they read a book and they're just mind blown when they realize that the filters are just programming. That's a, that's a, I love that analogy of filters. That's so true. That's so true for everything. Your whole wiring as a human. It's like these filters, 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 filters. And then your parents place them there. Your culture places them there. Your environment places them there. Your experiences place it there. So then it's just kind of like you have to figure out, is this a healthy filter for me? Or is this just like a mandatory? Is this like the, the base model? It's like the, yeah. this is what came with the, you know what I mean? It's like the kit lens. I like, don't, don't ever shoot with the kit lens. Never do that. <laughs> get the, get the dope upgrade, get a nice lens. Yeah. Right. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's all my film buffs. It's the thing. Eh? You almost like every book you read, you come away with at least one thing and you're like, Oh man, there's a lot of things in this book, but man, um, I want to read today, but I got to do this dang editing. Jeez. I'll, you know what? I can do both. I can do both. Yeah. Make it happen, man. Make it happen. Exactly. No excuses. Well, I kind of like the idea of maybe cutting it here and just doing another episode to talk about the other stuff, like in a week or sure. something. All right. Whatever Why not? Why not? You, you do you, man. Unless I'm you here. got any other, uh, you got any other rants Nuggets. you can add in here. Yeah. Other rants? I mean, or anything to how follow long are we going off? at right now? Uh, I think we're probably at about 45 minutes. That nice. might be good. Actually, that might be good. It's a good. That point. Nice. It's a nice little, I mean, I'm just saying at the end of the day, the world is on pause, mandatory shutdown. It, everything's about perspective. Like everything is about self-awareness. If you're feeling depressed or anxiety, which a lot of people are, and we are in a lot of ways, once in a while, it's just kind of like get in sync with that and realize where it's coming from and try and, I don't know, like do what you do. I think meditation, that's a good exercise to help. I think just kind of sitting in your own thoughts, taking this time to yourself, not being too hard on yourself. Yeah. That's all we just can do. Re reflect, you know, everyone has their different ways. I'm not saying people need to, full on adopted daily hourly meditation practice or something, but right. you could still reflect, you know, you can yeah. sit, take some time and just sit and think and be like, wow, what am I doing? What happened yeah. in the last four years? Cause most of us literally life turns into a blur. I think realizing now this is the first wake up call in human history where it's asked. It's like this thing, the situation is asking us the question of like, are you happy? are you comfortable? Are you like aware? <laughs> are you awake really is what it's asking us. And I think if you apply those questions to your life, be like, is this job that I've been holding on to really worth investing in more? Do I, should I double down on that idea I wanted to pursue? Do it. Now you have to do it. What else are you going to do? 
I think there's going to be people through this whole quarantine process who are going to still make excuses up to the very end about why they can't do something they want or they know they should. And then it's going to be too late because now the world's going to go back to normal, whatever that's going to look like. And it's going to be the same routine. You're going to get sucked into the same simulation. You're going to get sucked into the same comfortable, in control routine that you're used to. And I think this is the first time where we can just be like, hey, guess what? You don't have to jump back on that train. There's another train going in that direction and it can be your own. Try that maybe. I don't know. Like, why not right now? Because no one else is doing anything. Like, you like have it. no excuse. You have no excuse. There's the boom. I like it. Boom. That's Me the too. ender. Probably.